0: Right. This morning we're, just, we're considering, uh, before we consider anything about the Scriptures, before we do, it's an absolute necessity to understand and experience and grow in the nature, character, and essence of God, who he's declared himself to be. The fact of the matter is, and we've said this, we've been taught this many times, for instance, uh, we may have heard, and you may have heard any of us that God desires first place in our life. Number one, God does not desire first place in us, in other words, we don't give him first place. that's something he is in himself that has has to do with his sovereignty. We see that word sovereign, and then that word sovereign is the word brain. He is above everything. Listen, God is above the evil that is going on in this earth today. He has settled it. His nature, character, and essence has been met by his son, who is the lamb, in Genesis 22 and verse 8, in John 1 and verse 29, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin. In other words, what that has to do with the burnt offering. The burnt offering in Leviticus chapter 1 through all the way through 23, the burnt offering has to do with propitiation. The, the sin question being dealt with. How could God, how could, how, in other words, how can God allow all this? What do you mean? He's dealt with it. We have to look at it from his nature, character, in essence. Because if we don't, we begin to doubt him. He's dealt with it. He has dealt with the whole question about it. He has. Now, do we we hate it with him? Yeah, in Psalm 97, in verse 10, All you that love the Lord, you hate evil. Of course we do. Of course we do. But we know this. That God has been propitiated, meaning there's not one evil that anyone functions in, angel or man, that hasn't been dealt with or that will be dealt with. That we can be assured of. And if God has a plan for us, and we know that he does, that plan is centered in his Son, which propitiated the Father, and in doing so, then you have all the other offerings: the peace offering, the trespass offering, the wave, all these different wave, all these offerings are based upon the fact that Christ, the Father and Jesus Christ on Calvary, number one. No wonder it says in John eight twenty nine and Romans 15 and verse 3. You know, everything that God, that Jesus did while he was on the earth, he did to please the Father. Look, listen, that's propitiation. That is propitiation. Everything he did. So then in that relationship between the Father and the Son being one in John 10 and verse 30, and that is the deity, nature, character, and essence of God in Jesus Christ and his impeccable humanity. He always did those things that please the Father. And because of that, and that first pleasing is propitiation, the whole sin question. Then the Father is free to offer the Son as our substitute, and whosoever will, meaning that whatever the enemy means for evil against even these precious kids, Women, children, that breaks your heart, and it does, in tears. And whosoever will, they have a substitute. They have a substitute. And even in that, in terms of our salvation, we have Romans 8, verse 18. And this is God's thought on it. It's not a human's thought. It's not my thought. It's God's thought. It's His word. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time listen to what that says that's not only ours that's everyone you can read read Romans 8:18 8, all the way through to the 20s the whole creation travails again travails in pain waiting for the manifestation of the sons of god i reckon in Romans 8:18 8, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared the glory that will be revealed in us and on us. So what the enemy means for evil, God means for good. That all has to do with him being propitiated. Propitiation is the burnt offering. The burnt offering, again, is Genesis 22 and verse 8. Then John 1, 29. Behold the Lamb of God that, that takes away, not plural, the sins, but the sin of the world. He has dealt with the whole sin question. God's nature, character and essence, has been satisfied. And he rules sovereign above it all. And we rule with him. Now, it doesn't mean we don't sorrow. It doesn't mean we don't pray and, and, and pray with others, especially uh, those that are the family in Christ's true family, His true family, in Matthew twelve thirty, uh, uh, Matthew twelve verse fifty, I should say, Matthew twelve fifty, in Luke eight twenty one, His true family, true family that had to do with the will, and the word, and the work of God manifested in Christ, with us being in Him, who is the hope of our eternal glory, in Colossians one in verse 27. I mean, everything is settled. As far as God is concerned, he has settled everything. He is the answer to everything. To everything. And for us to, to try and think apart from him, try to think apart from him, is to take on a false need and a false burden. Listen, Christ is the burden bearer. 1 Peter 5, 7. Psalm 55 and verse 22. And that started with the burnt offering. That was between the Father and the Son. Of course, with the Holy Spirit proceeding from both. Never separated in the triune God. Never. And that's why it says in Colossians 2, 9, that the King James says he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Meaning in the original says that Jesus Christ and his impeccable humanity was filled up with all of who God is. And as a result, for anyone, whosoever will, in Revelation 22 and verse 17, whosoever will can be filled up in him in Colossians 2.10. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He He will make every single thing, and he has in Christ right. And that has to do with his integrity, his justice, and, and his integrity, which has is, which is been met by Jesus Christ so that love could flow. Still be just, but still flow. Yes, we, we hate the evil. Yes, we do. Hate it. All you that love the Lord, again, Psalm 97.10. All you that love the Lord, you hate evil. God doesn't tempt any man with evil. He can't be tempted with evil. He doesn't tempt any of us in James 1 and verse 13. But you can be sure the enemy wants to tempt us. Tempt us with the evil that goes on in the world. To doubt God. Like, why do you allow? We don't question him. We don't, we're not to question God. No, we're not to doubt him. You know, Romans fourteen twenty three. He that doubts is damned if he eat. Why? He's not eating of faith. Who is our faith founded on? It's Jesus Christ. Did he propitiate the Father and deal with the sin question between the Father and the Son? Absolutely. Now is he the substitute for whosoever will? Absolutely, to be reconciled to him. Now there is no reconciliation apart from a substitute, and there's no substitute apart from the Father being propitiated. And yes, it does enter in to who we are in Christ because based upon who Christ is in us, and this is 1 John 2, 1 and 2. And by the way, if, if any of us sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sin, For our sins. You see that? That's propitiation substitution and reconciliation. He is the propitiation for our sins. And then it says, and it doesn't say in the original, and also for the sins of the world. never says that. It only says for the world. Because unlike certain things that are taught, God doesn't bypass the will of man. Now, of course it's the will of God that chose us. And In John 15, verse 16, you have have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And of course, that's based upon the fact that even when Adam fell, never took away his will, never did. And he hasn't still. This is where we can rest. And Father, we do pray for the precious little ones, the innocent ones that are so hurt by his evil. But yet, Father, you can meet them. You can meet them right where they are. And we can trust you. And we can pray with you. And, but we can rest in your love. And still, we need to be very careful about how we perceive these things that are going on in the world, as evil as they are, and despicable as they are. Listen, God's dealt with them, and we will see it. The fact of the matter is that we can, we can join with him. But here's the thing. It says in Ephesians 4 and verse 26, Be angry. Look at Now be angry. Do I have proper anger towards things if I'm not resting in His love? Do I? No. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. For evil. Why? Because if we do that in Ephesians 4 and verse 27, We give place to the devil. (laughs) He's very subtle in Genesis 3.1 and 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. The enemy is very subtle and he wants to remove us like he did to Eve from the simplicity, the humility and simplicity of resting in his love. And still, again, it doesn't mean that we don't hate evil. Listen, all you that love God, you hate evil, but we don't do it in the flesh. And that's the temptation of the enemy to get us to do it in the flesh because then what do we do? What do I do? What are they going to do, God? God's going to meet them. And again, my heart really in in tears for everywhere. We We got news from a dear friend of ours I was in a different country about what people, what the enemy's doing through people to little girls. And m- my heart cries in tears. It does, it does. It does. And we're to hate evil, but we never to do it. Be angry and sin not means there's no flesh involved. There's this, because where do we doubt God? Come on, where do we doubt God? Where do we fear? Where do we not understand things and, 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 and not being dependent upon his word. It's in the flesh. Don't give place to the devil. We need to, or I need to, with, with the pain that we, and, in one sense, the pain that we can share in a prayer life for others, which is, which is tremendous. And we have, that's a privilege for us. And we weep with them. We weep and cry with them in Romans, the 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and 12th chapter. We weep and pray with them in those chapters. We can see the, uh, some of the fullness of that truth. And we can cry in, in love and rest, but tears for others, you know, with, with a language, you know, and, and to understand these things. But to know that God has a plan, Because the doubt is, is, this is the anger in Ephesians 4 and verse 26. The enemy doesn't, won't let it go down in us because somehow in his subtlety, he's causing us to doubt God, not even knowing we're doing that. God, why did you allow that? God, how could you do it? What do you mean? He didn't, he, did he create it? Did God create evil? Never. Does God use evil? We talked about this recently. No. No. God, God cannot be tempted with evil in James 1 and verse 13. Neither, can, neither does he tempt any man. But every man is tempted and drawn away by, by evil because evil is sin and there's lust involved. And that's what's involved. We see why the evil is going on in this world. It's because of a fallen nature. Fallen nature with all of its lust patterns. You know, and you see this in John 8, and verse 44. The father of all lies, Satan, and the lust of your father you will do. Because there's no truth in him and he's a murderer. And we see it everywhere. Yes. But has, has Christ already defeated him? Has he? Has he? Well, I don't know. Has the father been propitiated? Did he have need to be propitiated? Where did evil start? Long before you and I were born. Where did that start? In the angelic conflict. Has God been propitiated? Yes. Have all of our sins been dealt with? Yes. Potentially, in His anticipative love and His prevenient grace, has He dealt with the sins of all others, no matter what they, who does what to them, and no matter what they go through. Is that still potential? Yes, it is. Of course it is. You see this in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19, and 20. With no question about it. So this puts us in a proper place to understand these things. But do I understand them unless I rest in his love? I don't know. In Zephaniah 3 and verse 17, is God resting in his love? Well, who is His love? and that love relationship between the Father and the Son, and of course the Holy Spirit proceeds from both, and he's the only one that can interpret those things. That's why we call him the theologian and him the scholar, God, the Holy Spirit. So he's going to take the things of Christ in John 16, 13, and 14 and show them unto us. I don't know, has the Father been propitiated? Well, John's, chapter 16, makes it very clear he has been. He convicts. He convicts. What is conviction based upon? The love of God that's been dealt with. The justice and love of God that's been dealt with. Now he's free to deal, to convict. He convicts the world of what? Sin. Righteousness and judgment. I don't know. So has it been dealt with in God's nature, character, and essence? Yes. Again, this is the way, as we have been taught by God recently, in sec- God the Holy Spirit, in 2 Peter 1, 19-21. This is how we, we are to know and understand prophecy. Prophecy has to do with God dealing with evil. It does. That's what prophecy is, judgment on the earth. Has God dealt with it in the heavens long before? Long before he, he is dealing and has dealt with it on the earth? Yeah, he dealt with it in the angelic conflict. Two thirds of a third of the innumerable host of angels were cast out of heaven. All of these things we have in the truth of God's word, and these are very, very necessary. All of these things are very, very, very necessary for us to understand. And this is what makes this extremely important to know and understand and be continuously taught the nature, character, and essence of God. It's foundational. It's a foundational truth. Ephesians, goes into experiential, foundational truth. And that has to do, first and foremost, with propitiation. Propitiation is the burnt offering, God dealing with the sin question. Now, before anything was created, angel or man, before any angel fell, or angels, or man sinned, did God pre-know it? Did he have foreknowledge? Did he foreknow what was going to happen before it happened? So what was that foreknowledge based upon? His self-knowledge. God knows how to deal with himself just like he knows how to deal with evil and sin, and he has. And we can rest in that. We can rest in it, that he's already dealt with it. and no question about it. Because we don't rest in his love then we feel like we have to do something about it. Now, that he will, if we're sent, and this is, again, what makes it necessary to be sent, because it is the peace of God that will send us. doesn't mean in that peace that all that love the Lord, we're going to hate evil, but we do it from a place of rest. And may God bless us with the truth of the word this morning. And, Father, we thank you for this truth. In Jesus' name, amen.